Oh, Lord, we do come before you tonight, God, and we, we do surrender ourselves to you, Lord. We know that your arms are open wide. Lord, you desire that we would pursue you and we would come after you in prayer. Lord, our desire, Lord, is to be pleasing to you. And we want our hearts to be pure and our motives to be pure. And God, I just thank you, Lord, for, for tonight. God, I thank you for the opportunity to gather together as believers in Jesus Christ and to pursue you, to, to, to hear your word taught and to, and to pursue you in prayer. Lord, I just pray, God, that when we do take the time, Lord, here in a few moments to come before you, to seek you in prayer. Lord, I pray, God, that you would that, that you would hear our prayers. I pray that we would be pleasing to you. That our prayers would be pleasing to you. Lord, we want to pray what is on your heart. God, we want your will. God, we want to know your will in our life and for our life. God, our desire is to please you. God, I thank you for those that are here tonight. Thank you for the brothers and sisters in Christ, for the family of God that is gathered together tonight. I thank you for the closeness and the unity that we feel. God, thank you, God, that we can come together on a night like tonight, on a Wednesday night, in the middle of our week. We set aside our schedule and we, we come in and, Lord, we, we pursue you. We put you first. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us, that your presence is with us. Lord, speak to our hearts and prepare our hearts, Lord, as we pursue you, as we come after you in prayer, Lord. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I know we're doing things a little different the last couple of months for our our first Wednesday prayer. We're not doing like we did the first two or three months, but I just want to, I'm picking a subject that we want to pray about, and I prayed, we prayed about fear and anxiety last month. Um, and we spent, I spent some time just opening the scripture and teaching about fear and anxiety. And then, then we prayed about it. And we spent some time to pray that the Lord would, would help us to hear the word of God, to apply the word of God to our hearts so that we can replace those fearful thoughts, and those anxious thoughts with the truth of God's word. And so that's what we're going to do tonight on a different subject. I want to talk about, y'all can be seated here tonight. I want to talk about just for a few moments, hopefully just a few moments. We'll see how the few, what the few moments turn into um, but I want to do what I did last time. I want to take a section of Scripture and I want to break it down and, and build our understanding as we go through it. But I want to, I, I want to talk about God's will and, and knowing God's will. And, you know, that's one of our prayers, uh, should be one of our prayers on a regular basis as believers in Jesus Christ. Is we always ask the question, God, what is your will? And some of us, you guys can attest to, to, to this in your life. There's seasons where sometimes the will of God can seem a little fuzzy. Can, can you relate to that? There's just a few of us here tonight, so we can talk to each other. Do you guys relate to that? There's times where you're like, Lord, what is, what is your will? I wish I could know your will a little bit more clearly, and, and we sometimes feel like we're in the dark. And it's, so it's really not, I, I guess the, the challenge for us as believers is would be categorized as uh, the unknown will of God. That's where we have trouble, right? We as far as the known will of God, and we, we tend to really know what that is, but when it comes to the unknown will of God, uh, you know, where I should live, where I should work, who I should marry, and what church I should go to, you know, you kind of go through those things where when you're in a season of unknown in those areas, you're like, okay, I, God, it, it would be really sweet if you would just kind of write things on the wall for me, if you could send down an angel, 
Um, if you could speak to me audibly, uh, there's lots of ways in which I could think it would be really convenient for the Lord to just make things plain for me. Would you agree with that? Yeah, so we can all relate to that. So we're going to try to, just in a few moments, tackle that question, tackle that thought. And we're going to pray about that. I want to take time at the end for us to come down together. We, so I'm going to say this before I end and before I ask you guys to come down. I want us all to come down and pray because all of us face this question. All of us right now, there is something in our life right now that we're praying about that we want to know God's will over. That's everybody here. There's, not, there's nobody in here tonight that you got it all figured out in everything in your life from now into the future. There's something that you're thinking about, that you're praying about, that you want to know, that you're looking for answers for. So when we end, after we go through this, I want us all to come down together and to pray, to seek the Lord and pray according to what we're going to read here. So let's look at Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. It's a very famous section of scripture, and I believe that all of you, if most of you, if not all of you in here, have heard this scripture, you've read this scripture. It's a very powerful scripture. And based of, basically all of what's about to be said here in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it's a transition phrase. You know, like we've been studying in Ephesians, and we, we studied the first three chapters, and everything in the first three chapters of Ephesians is based upon know, the, the understanding and the knowledge of who we are in Christ. So the Apostle Paul, he wrote Ephesians, he wrote the book of Romans, and he, so he does these transitions in a lot of his writings where he builds a case about a truth, and then he says, he makes a transition, and he says, based upon everything I've just told you on that foundation, here's the reality. Because of who you are, and it's the same kind of flow in Ephesians that we see here in Romans, because of the mercies of God we see here, because of God's mercy, his grace, and what he's done for us, I appeal to you. This is what he says, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So, what's the question we're trying to answer here tonight? It's, it's, it's right here in the verse, in the first, and this is our first slide here tonight. It's, what is the will of God? So within this verse, to me, that's the biggest question. That's, that's, that's kind of the central theme of this section here, is trying to figure out what is the will of God. We want to know that. We want to know what is God's will. And there's some things we can know, correct? There's some things we don't know. We've established that. So we're going to answer this question, and, and the answers are found in this verse. And, and how to answer that question is found in, this, in these two verses. What is the will of God? So the first thing that stands out to me as I'm reading this is obviously this question, what is the will of God? But the next thing is who he's talking to. It says there, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. Brothers, that's the next emphasis here. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. So who is he talking to? Christians, believers. So he's appealing to us as believers. If you're a believer here tonight, this is an appeal to you. Trying to answer the question, what is the will of God? So first thing that really jumps out to me is that a believer in Jesus Christ should desire to know this. We should desire to know what the will of God is. Because the obvious is true. A non-believer, does a non-believer care about the will of God? They don't care about the will of God. What's the only will that they care about? Their own will. 
The only will that a non-believer cares about is their will, their desire, what they want, when they want, how they want it. And, and they're not living by a guiding principle of somebody greater than them, over them, and directing their life. They're, they're submitted to another Lord, and, it, and they're the Lord of their own life. And so they, they only want to do what they want to do. But as believers, we're a special type of people. You know, we, we try to convince our kids that they need to submit to our will when they're growing up. And you know, the main heart behind trying to get our kids to submit to us as parents <coughs> is that we are trying to teach them to submit to God. And that we want them to learn to submit to us because if they will not submit to us and the authority in their life as parents, as, as principals, as teachers, as police officers, as those are, that are in authority, they're not going to submit to God who they can't see. And so, so unbelievers don't submit to a higher authority because they are the highest authority in their own life. And if you ask somebody who's not a Christian, they might not would say that. They would say, well, of course I'm under submission. You know, I, I, I try not to speed. I try not to break the law. I try not to do things that I shouldn't do. And there's maybe a general sense of a moral compass. But when push comes to shove, somebody who's not submitted to the lordship of Christ, they're under another authority. They don't realize that they are their own authority. And they, try to, they live their life according to their own desires. But what's special about us as believers is that we desire to know. We want to know. This is, why we, this is why the will of God is important for us. We want to know what the will of God is. And another thought that I thought of around this question, what is the will of God, and the reality that believers want to know this, is that we should ask this daily. We should ask this question daily. We should ask this question daily. What, God, what is your will? How many times do we face situations we come up against on an everyday basis and we think, God, what is your will? What should I do? What direction should I go? Should I, should I say yes to this? Should I say no to this? And, and it should be a daily part of our life to understand the will of God. Do you believe that? So this is the question. What is the will of God? And we understand that as believers, we should desire to know this. It's, it's natural for us. And it should be something that we ask daily. What is the will of God? So let's keep going on in the verse. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, as believers, you want to seek to know God's will. But, but this appeal is by the mercy of God because of what God has done for us. And so now we're about to get to the first part of this verse that really is going to begin to reveal to us what the will of God is. It's coming straight out here. The Apostle Paul is cutting to the chase here. We want to know what the will of God is. Well, I'm going to tell you what the will of God is. It's right here that you would present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So we're not going to deal with the unknown will yet. That's coming, right? We don't, the, the unknown is unknown, but this is known. This is clear. Brothers, you should desire to know the will of God. Christians should want to know the will of God. Well, here's the will of God, that you would present your bodies, your life, your thoughts, your faculties, your mind, your energy, your effort, your bodies, your life, your all as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. We're called to be a living sacrifice. It sounds funny, right? An alive sacrifice. Almost like a contradiction. But our life as we live should be a sacrifice unto God. Do you believe that? So when you think about a living sacrifice, as we, we know that that is God's will, um, one of the things I, I think of is this, and this leads us to our next slide. If we're called to be a living sacrifice... We're called to lay down our life, to present our bodies. What does that tell us? It tells us that, that the, it's an understanding that we do not belong to ourselves. So if we want to know God's will, again, this is kind of building the foundation of understanding God's will here and answering this question. 
The core of this is that the known will of God is that we would present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Why? Because we don't belong to ourselves. We, we are not our own masters. That's what scripture tells us. Scripture tells us that we have been purchased. How have we been purchased? By the blood of Jesus Christ. We are not our own. How have we been redeemed? By the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been bought back. We are not our own. That is a reality that we don't belong to ourselves. So the will of God that we desire as Christians, as believers, that we want to please him and, and know him and, and, and honor him in his will, the, the first thing we see here is that it, it is based on the foundation that we don't belong to ourselves. That's why Paul is saying here, you must present yourself as a living sacrifice because you're not your own. You're owned. You're, you are a, a love slave to the Lord Jesus Christ. We, you, we used to be in bondage to who? Who used to be our owner? Satan. The ways of the world. We are in bondage to our own will. To our own uh, selfish desires and sinful will. But now, through faith in Jesus Christ, we belong to ourselves, And this is one of the greatest foundations of knowing what God's will is. It has to start here. We have to start right here. That, that if we're going to do the known will of God, which is be a living sacrifice. And if we're going to understand the unknown will of God, it has to be from the foundation. Lord, my life is not my own. I don't belong to myself. I don't get to do what I want to do. You know, again, that's the struggle, is it not? For an unbeliever or for an immature believer, for an immature believer, the wrestle point is, is sometimes, Lord, I'm submitted to you and, and, and I want to follow your ways, but, man, I'm really struggling because I would like to do this. But, the, but, but, but maybe what we want to do is in contrary to God's word, or maybe what we want to do is not what the Lord is leading us, is telling us we should do. And so we have to come to the position where we say, Lord, based upon everything that you've done for me, I'm going to present my bodies as, as a living sacrifice to you because you are my owner. And isn't, isn't it beautiful that our example for that is the Lord Jesus Christ? He's our model. He's our model. Jesus modeled presenting his body as a living sacrifice. He modeled that for us. He said, he said, I'm asking you that you would present yourself as a living sacrifice, but I'm not asking you to do anything that I have not done. I have presented myself as a living sacrifice. And what was the foundation of Jesus doing that? It, it was that he declared, not my will. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, what, is, what was the will of God for Jesus? That he would become the sacrifice for the sins of humanity. That was the will of the Father. That's what it says in John 3, 16 and 17. That Jesus was not sent into the world to condemn the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. And the son did not come into the world to condemn the world but to save the world. He didn't come to condemn and to judge. He, he's going to come to judge in the future. We see that in Revelation but the reason he came was to save. If he would have come in, in the incarnation to judge, well, we'd, we'd, we'd all be done for. But because of mercy, I, appear, I appeal to you, therefore, in view of the mercies of God, the fact that in the incarnation Jesus came to save, not to judge, in view of that mercy, submit yourself as a living sacrifice. And this is the foundation of knowing the will of God. It's called submission. Submission, not my will but your will be done. Amen? So what is the will of God? We should desire that. Do you desire that as, as a believer? Absolutely. You, we, we all desire that. Lord, what is your will? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? God, I want to know your will. 
The first step is, is that you would understand, we, we would all understand that, that we don't belong to ourselves. that Jesus is our example. We should submit to his will and to his ways. We have to understand that. And next it says here that this living sacrifice, as we present ourselves as a, as a living sacrifice, it says here, it says next that, it, that that is holy and acceptable to God. Holy, that we're called as this living sacrifice to be holy and acceptable to God. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the standard. This is the standard. The standard is holiness. The standard, it should say, not God's will, but God's word. God's word is the standard. That's the standard. This, this, as we present our bodies as living sacrifices, and it, 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 is, it, is, it is what is holy and acceptable, we are submitting to God's word as the standard. And so when we submit our bodies... Our attitudes, our thoughts, our mind, the the way we think, what we do, that's what it means to be a living sacrifice. We submit our ways unto the Lord. The standard is holiness. The standard is righteousness. And that standard is based upon God's word. That's the standard. It's God's word. I saw somebody taking a picture of that. Um, After, Chuck is going to have the finished product printed. So you can get it right back there. you just had to change out God's will right there in the green to God's word. But, um, but that's the standard. The standard is God's word. So what, 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 what do we see here? The, what's the known will of God? We're trying to answer the question, what is the will of God? Believers should ask that question every day. We want to know the will of God. Well, the first one is this, is that we would present ourselves as a living sacrifice based upon the example of Christ, Correct? And, and, and because we're called to present our bodies and our life as a living sacrifice, that living sacrifice is to pursue holiness. And what is the standard of holiness? Where do we get our understanding of what is right and wrong? God's word is the standard. It's what we look to. So the known will of God is what? It's God's word. This is what we know. And so some people always ask me, well, I wish I knew what God's will is. I don't know God's will, and I know what they're asking. They're asking for where should I live, who should I marry, what job should I take, the things I don't know, what college should I go to. That's what they're asking, and I know that's what they're asking. But when they say, I wish I knew God's will, I say, well, you do. It's right here. It's God's word. You know God's will. God's will is God's word. God's word is God's will. That's what we know to be true. It is the most trustworthy worthy path to follow it is the revealed word of God and listen to what it says here that this this life this life of a believer that is presented as a living sacrifice that is pursuing holiness that is following the standard of God's word what is that life it is your spiritual worship it is your spiritual worship that's the next slide here it's interesting that it calls it worship and when you think about worshiping what do you what do you think about when you think about worship what, is it, what does worship do? When you, when you worship, what, what, what are you doing? It's, you're, you're honoring the Lord. But, but, but worship comes from where? From your heart. And, and your heart produces desires. And so when I think of worship, I think of worship as it's, 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 it's a desiring to please the Lord. That worship, it's a desiring to please the Lord. That's what worship is. And so all of this, is pointing to that the will of God in our life is that we would please him in worship, that our entire life, our entire life that is a living sacrifice, our entire life that is based upon a desire to know God's will is submitted to God's word, to his holy standard, and that, that all of that is based upon a desire to worship him. Isn't that, the, isn't that the central part of your Christian life? Some people think of worship as music. 
Worship is not music. It has never been music. Music is music. Music is chords and notes and beats and it's music. That's what music is. Music is not worship. Music is music and preaching is preaching and, and living your life is living your life. But all those elements can be worship if your heart is desiring to please the Lord through, through your life through your beating on the drum as Stephen was doing there and, and, and Miko and, and Jory and, and, and the singers and, 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 and all of us as, as we sung, it can be worship or it can just be meaningless notes and chords and beats and songs and, and, and words that are not worship, but they're, they're something else. They're just songs. So, so our life, we, we know what God's will is. We see it here. It's God's word. It's his holy standard and our understanding is that we are called to as believers we desire to walk in his will that's what we want because we are presenting our life as a living sacrifice and that and that presenting is based upon the desires of our heart to be pleasing to him and to worship him so so this is what we see this first section is it's really broken into two sections the first verse and the second verse and the second verse as we transition here is the hinge point this is this is what it right here the second verse is it's it's it hinges on everything we see in this second verse. If we're going to do the known will of God and ultimately fulfill the unknown will of God, this second verse is the key to all of it. If we're going to worship the God as, as, as is our, our, our pleasing, our spiritual worship on Him, if we're going to do that in accordance to His will, the second verse is key. And the key word to all of this is right here. It's, the, it's our mind. Our mind. That's the hinge point right there. This is where it all is centered, right here. Is what is central to your thinking is going to produce and influence what you desire. It's going to influence what you believe, what you think, what you value, what your desires are, which will eventually influence the way you live, the way you talk, the way you act. And so this is the central point. It's our mind. Our mind is central. Our mind and what we put in our mind is central to our beliefs, to our thoughts, to our feelings, and to our values. So what the Apostle Paul is saying here, he's saying he started out that God's will is, brothers, that you would live a certain way, that you would live in holiness. This is the revealed will of God and it's based upon the standard of God's holy word. And that is your worship. But you're not going to get there if your mind is not dealt with. Our minds have to be dealt with. The way in which we think, what we believe, our thoughts, our feelings, and our values have to be influenced if we're ever going to do the known will of God, much less the unknown. The unknown is out there, but you will never fulfill the unknown will of God, the thing you're praying about, until you deal with the known, until you deal with your mind. And that's what that next slide, Chuck, put it up, that our mind is central. It's our, it's our, it's our beliefs, it's our thoughts. It's our feelings, it's our, it's, it's our values, it's our values. And so, what, what does he say about our mind here? Let's go back to the beginning of verse 2. It says, do not be conformed. Do not be conformed. Our mind should not be conformed. But what should our mind be? Should be transformed. So, he's contrasting here, he's saying there's two options to your mind. And you're either going to go one or two directions that's going to lead you to either fulfilling God's will or not, for, or not fulfilling God's will. It's a, centered on your mind. Either your mind's going to be conformed to something or it's going to be transformed by something. And so what's the, what's the, what's, 
the contrast here. When he says that, we're, that we should, should not, he says, do not be conformed. What is he saying not to be conformed to? To this world. And I described it as earthly, satanic values. Earthly, satanic values. Because earthly, worldly values are satanic in nature. Because they point you away from what? The known will of God. They point you away from the holy standard of God's word. And so, again, this is the hinge point. If we're going to fulfill the known will of God to be a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable to the Lord, we're going to have to have our mind not be conformed to this world. How many of you know it's hard in this life? To not ha- even as believers, it's difficult in this life to not have our mind conformed to this world. And why is that? Because we're constantly bombarded with input from everywhere. Are we not? We are. Everywhere we turn, we're bombarded by input from media, from TV, from music, from friends, from coworkers. There's, there's, there's a constant opportunity and avenue for the world and its values and its system, its satanic belief systems to infiltrate our mind. And if we're not careful, it begins, we begin to be conformed to those values. But what's the Apostle Paul saying here, we should not be conformed. If we're going to fulfill the known will of God and ultimately the unknown will of God, don't be conformed to this, but be transformed. And so what, what, what are we transformed by? We all know the answer. God's truth based on his word. That's what, what's, that's what we are to be transformed by. It is God's truth based on his word that transforms our mind. And that, my brothers and sisters, is a daily decision in our life. It's comparing and contrasting. It's it's a comparison and a contrast. It's either we're going to be conformed to the world or we're going to be transformed by the renewing of of our mind, by the transforming of our mind. And God's word is the tool that he uses, the Holy Spirit uses to transform our mind. And listen to this next word here. It says here, it says, do not be conformed. To this world, but be transformed by the renewal of, of your mind. Okay, so this is this is our daily battle, and if you don't think this is a daily battle, I want to, I want to awaken you to this reality. You're in that battle, whether you realize it or not. You're either being conformed, or you're being transformed. It, it, one of the two is happening every day, and here's what happens. Either direction you go, the purpose is is that you would be ultimately transformed by the by the renewal of your mind. That by Testing. That's the next word I want to emphasize here. Testing. So again, now we're getting a little closer. We were trying to answer the question, what is God's will? We want to start testing, right? What are we testing? What are we, com- what are we comparing? When, 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 you say, when you think of testing something, what, is, what are you doing? You're comparing or contrasting. You're contrasting and comparing. You're looking at, okay, I, I've got a decision to make. Now, 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 now we're going to start stepping into the unknown will of God here. Okay? We're going to start comparing and contrasting. So here's the point. If you spend a life, if you spend your life as a believer, let's go all the way back to the beginning. What is, what is the will of God? That's the question, right? And none of you are at a loss for what the known will of God is in, in most areas. So this always centers around the unknown will of God. So that's our question. What is the will of God? Well, as believers, we should desire to know. 
And uh, the foundational belief and understanding of God's word is the known will of God. And that, and that as we have God's word transform our thinking and our understanding and we're not conformed to the world, that our mind is transformed and our heart is centered on desires that please him and we worship him with our life. And then the testing starts to happen. As Again, this is a daily process of rejecting the the, uh, being conformed to the ways and the values of the world and being and allowing the word of God to transform our thinking. And then all of a sudden we face a situation and you're thinking, well, man, I, I, he's a pretty, it's a pretty cute girl and, and I'm single and, and it would be nice to, to marry somebody that looked like that or well, that's a really handsome man. And, and, and I, I, but I don't, I don't know what the will of the Lord is. Well, well here's what you do. It's, the un, it, it's unknown. I don't know. So here's what I did. You know, the first step is, is what, where do you meet your future spouse if you don't know the will of God? What, I mean, if you're a Christian, you love the Lord. I mean, the first place is not to go is the bar, right? First place to go would not be a place where unbelievers hang out. Is that correct? Right? If you're pleased, you're seeking to please the Lord. Well, I don't know. Well, a first clue is go somewhere where believers hang out. Right? So that's what I did. I remember my mom told me before I met my my wife, I didn't know what God's will was for my life about a wife. I wanted to get married. That was the unknown will of God. I knew it was out there. Well, I showed up to a church here in Homa, and my wife, it was my uncle's church, and my mom told me that her brother, my uncle, told her, Ben needs to meet Estelle. And so I went to that church for the singular purpose of going to see what Estelle looked like right because I don't at that point I'm not concerned about her values and all of those things I was told she was a Christian I was taking their word for it but for a guy's life I mean let me cross the check mark first you know and so I walked in and I saw her and I was like hmm all right I might have to come back next Sunday <laughs> and that's what I did I came back the next Sunday and then the next Sunday and then the next Sunday and I began to watch Estelle's life and I struggled for a while because I, I want to know God's will. I want to know God's will. God, is she the one? And I didn't want to pursue her unless I felt like she could be the one that I could possibly marry. Again, unknown will of God. But all along the way, I'm trying to live my life as a living sacrifice for the Lord and pleasing him and honoring him. And I'm trying to worship him with my life. I'm trying to fulfill the known will of God. And these things become obvious. And so what became obvious was that she loved the Lord. What became obvious was that the direction I was going in, pursuing the Lord, was, was, an, was the same direction that she was going in. And I remember wrestling one day. And we, I, you know, I don't, the dates are all fuzzy. Estelle knows all the dates. I mean, I know when we got married, December 13, 2003. I got that down. But all the progression and all of that, all the timeline. I, I just know, I remember the conversation. I'm with my mom. I'm in Golden Meadow, Louisiana. I'm on the phone with my mom. I said, Mom, I I just don't want to make the wrong decision. I don't want to be out of God's will. And my mom said, son, let me ask you a few questions. Do you you think she's beautiful? Are you attracted to her? I said, absolutely. Does she love the Lord? Yes. Um, can Can you see her having a desire to be in ministry and work in ministry? Yes. We talk about that. He said, okay. Well, we'll go for it. Go for it. So that's what I did. It's like, that's like, that's what I need. I need my mom to say, quit overthinking it. Quit freaking out, right? But 
But it's the known will of God that lays the foundation for us to make steps into the unknown. Look, if she would have been a pagan, if she would have been somebody that was living unholy, well, look, hey, I don't know who I'm supposed to marry, but I know she's not the one, right? If she's that type of person. And, and that same logic, that same flow of thought goes on. And that's, that's the testing. We test, we compare, we contrast with with the ways of the world, with the values of the world, and with the truth of God's word. And we apply that testing. And when we test that, we apply that logic, that understanding to the unknown will of God, the thing we're thinking about and contemplating. For example, should I move to this town? Should I go somewhere? Should I relocate my family? Well, let me ask you a question. If you're planted in a, in a local church and you have your roots down deep and your family is growing in Christ, do you know if there's a place that you can go? To connect your family to, to grow spiritually? If you don't know, you might want to rethink. You might want to figure that out. You might want to test. You might want to discern. And that's what testing does. It leads to discerning. You test the unknown will of God with the known will of God. What we know is true. The values, the truth, the, the belief systems that God's developed in our life. And that's what it does. Testing leads to discerning. You test so that you can discern what is the will of God? Testing leads to discernment, to, to know, to understand. You test, you compare, you contrast, and it leads you to know and to understand. Yes, this is the will of God. And here's what we did, just to fill in some gaps here. When I started dating Estelle, um, the, the, the known will of God. Listen, 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 this is so good. I, I want you to catch this. I'm not saying it's so good because I'm saying it. I'm saying it's so good because what I'm going to say is good. Does that make sense? I'm not that great. My thoughts are not that great. Any good thoughts I have come from the Lord. But listen, listen, I didn't know whether she was from the Lord. I didn't when I first met her. But as I grew in my understanding of the known will of the Lord, then I could make an informed decision that it's a pretty good idea to pursue her. And here's what happened. The known will of God informed me on how I should date someone. And there's times in which people who want to know the unknown will of God around this subject, around dating and marriage, and so they, they, get, they get it right on the front end, and they date somebody that they think they might could marry that's a believer, but then they throw out that process of testing and discernment in the dating process, and they throw out the known will of God, and they date in such a way that dishonors the Lord. And then that becomes out of God's will. And we know all the routes that that can go. So here's what I did. I, I, first conversation, three hours long, and I knew right away something's happening here. I called her, was it the next day after that? I, call, I hung up, called right back. Yes? No? What, what did I do? No, I didn't call you the first day, but after we had the first long conversation, I called you back the next day or right after I hung up? The, yeah, the next day I called her, and this is what I told her in, in, in a nutshell. I told her, I said, look, I understand that we don't know whether God has us for each other at this point. But I want you to know that I am not going to date you just to date you and just to have a girlfriend and to be emotionally involved with somebody to meet my own needs. The purpose of me dating you is so that I can find out, we can find out, if God's called us to marry. 
And that's what I'm talking about. I dated according to the known will of God, which is what? Which is that it is my calling to protect her, to lead her, to serve her. That's the known will of God, to be honorable, to be a righteous man, a godly man. And, and we protected our purity along that whole process, right? Do you guys follow me? And that, that's, it's, it's, it's testing, it's discerning, it's comparing, it's contrasting, which leads to discernment for you to know and to understand. For you to know and to understand. And what, what do we come to know and to, un, to understand? What is the will of God? That's what we figure out. You just get busy living. You get busy living the known will of the Lord. Just get busy living obeying the Lord. Get busy living a, 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 a holy and acceptable living sacrifice to the Lord, which is the desire of every believer. It is the desire of every believer to know the will of God, right? We all want to know it. And so we know what the will of God is. It's to be a living sacrifice that's holy and acceptable, that pleases the Lord, which is based upon the desire of our hearts. So, so that's what we do. And concerning the unknown will of God, we go about the practice of not conforming ourselves to the ways of the world, but transforming our minds through the truth of God's word. And if you will give your life to that pattern in your life, when you come up against a decision, a, a decision you don't know what to do on, you take that pattern, you test, you compare, you go down that track, you go down that path, and the Lord will make it plain. The Lord will make it plain. You test, you compare, you contrast. You, the Lord will give you discernment based upon what you know is true, based upon his word, and you'll be able to answer the question, yeah, this is the will of the Lord. It is the will of the Lord that I would go to a church that teaches the Bible and not go to a church that doesn't teach the Bible, that does something else. Yes, it is the will of the Lord that I would work on a job that helps me provide for my family. It is the will of the Lord. You know, there's times in which somebody can feel like, well, well I, I, I'm I'm taking care of my family. My bills are being paid. There's an opportunity over here and I'm struggling on on this job. We're barely making ends meet and it seems like this is a great opportunity. Well, the will of the Lord is that you would take care of your family either way. And so if you will just follow the leading of the Lord and God, God, God God could be blessing you with this new job. And so sometimes people jump at the first step as well. I'm just gonna take it because it's more money. But it's deeper than just more money. It's, there's, there's deeper layers. You have, to, you have to take this logic, this understanding, this truth, and, and go and ask all those questions. Well, if I take this job, where is it going to take me? Who am I going to be around? Am I going to have to move? Am I going to have to relocate my family? Is there going to be a church that we can go to? All of those things are things you have to evaluate and think. But it all starts back. It all traces back to the known will of God. Just get busy fulfilling the known will of God. So it leads to this final con- con- conclusion and I've kind of been saying it as I've concluded here. His final conclusion is that living and obeying the known will of God will lead you to understand the unknown will of God. And that's the truth. Living and obeying the known will of God will lead you to knowing and understanding the unknown will of God. It's just a matter of time. God will direct you. God, 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 God's, I don't believe that God is... Um, hateful at concerning his will. I don't believe he uh, likes to play jokes on us. I don't believe like God takes his will and says, here's, here's my will, here's my will, and I'm going to take it and I'm going to go hide it around the corner somewhere and just kind of laugh at you while you're fumbling around trying to figure it out. I don't think it's what God does. God wants you to know his will. And he's revealed to you what, 
how we should live. He says, this is my will. And yes, there's things that you don't know yet. But if you will pursue this, if you will pursue my word, being transformed by my word, I will change your life. And I will change your desires. And the things that you desire right now that you think are a part of the unknown will of God, I could change all of that. And as your desires are changed, and you start going in a direction because those desires are filtered through a life that is a living sacrifice, you'll find yourself in God's will. I believe that. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in people's lives that are in here. You've seen it in your life. That if you just obey the Lord with what he's revealed to you, then the unknown's going to take care of itself because God will work on your heart. He'll change your desires. You know, I, I remembered when I first felt called into the, into the, into the ministry, my dad was an, was an evangelist, and we traveled a lot in ministry. And I, I, I remember the first, the first, you know, I went to Bible college. Part of the application was that you would write down um, what it is that you feel called to do, what your ministry call is. And I, I remember specifically, I wish I still had a hold of that paper. Um, but I wrote down, and in there I wrote that I could see myself traveling the country, traveling the world, preaching evangelistic crusades and meetings. And a lot of that had to do with seeing my dad do that and traveling around. And I had a desire to do that. And I, I wanted to preach like my dad. And that was, at, I was 18 years old. And I'm not traveling the world except on short-term mission trips. And I'm not going around the country holding evangelistic crusades. What am I doing? I'm in Homo, Shriver, Louisiana at 7.58 p.m., currently the senior pastor of Living Word Church. How did that happen? <laughs> right? I mean, my goodness. And if you, take, if you go down the route of my life... I'm like, man, this is nuts. How did, how did I get here? I have no idea. Somebody call me today. I just, listen, I, this is all spontaneous here, but just hear me. Somebody call me today. <coughs> and they said, I have an idea, and I want to come talk to you about it. And I have no idea how it's going to take place, and I have, and have no idea what, how the plan is going to unfold. And, and I stopped him, and I said, man, that sounds exactly what God's, that's like something that God's a part of right there. I have no idea. I have no idea how God's going to unfold that. Man, that sounds just like what God would do. Because if you were to ask me 10 years ago that if I would be doing this or what I'd be doing, I have no idea. And again, that, that is true in your life too. It's not just true in my life because I'm a preacher. It's true in your life. We're all the same. Different callings, different functions, but the principles are the same. The truth is the same. You just obey the Lord and seek him as a living sacrifice worship him and with from your heart and obey what is in front of you and it's just it's it's just it's peaks and valleys it's turns here it's turns there next thing you know it's like lord how did i get here how did this happen and you thank god for it you thank god for it amen amen let's pray let's, let's pray tonight once you stand to your feet and i know some of you some of you maybe don't feel like you're in a position maybe where you, there's a lot that you're questioning God about, about his will, but, I, but you will get to that point at some, at, at some point. So let's just do this. Let's, let's just agree that we're all on the same page. We're either there now or we will be in the future. And let's all come down. Let's all come down. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to join you down here. And let's just pray according to what we just heard from God's word about God's will. And let's pray together that the Lord would help us to obey what he's put in front of us and that our obedience as a living sacrifice is pleasing to the Lord would pave the way 
to connect the dots for our future. Some of us get so worried about our future. We get so worried about our future and the unknown things. We get so worried and stressed out and concerned. Lord, how is this going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But we can rest in the reality that God is in the future. God is ahead of us. He is ahead of us in the future before we ever get there. And our responsibility is not to try to connect all the dots, not to try to see beyond what we have in front of us, but just to focus on Him, to place our focus on Him. Some of you tonight, you just need to place your focus on Him. Take all of your worrisome thoughts, all of your anxieties and your worries about the future. You just got to lay them down tonight and say, Lord, I don't know the answer to the problems that I see that are in front of me. I don't know the answer to the, the questions I have about my future and your will for my life. But you just have to lay all of those down, place those in God's hand, and say, Lord, I'm going to do what I know you've called me to do today and tomorrow and the next day and the day after that and the day after that. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship you from a heart that desires to please you. And if we will just do that, we will do the faithful part, what we can be faithful to do. God will do what only he can be faithful to do. And that, and that is to unfold his plan. Here's another element I want you to listen to. That our plans and our desires are not always God's plans and God's desires. And that along this process, day by day of allowing God's word to transform our thinking, God will transform our desires at the same time. And what we thought was God's will and we're so discouraged about because it's not being fulfilled, the Lord's just saying, hold on, just wait, just wait. You think this is what my will is, but just wait. Obey me, honor me, and you'll see. You'll see my faithfulness. Listen, listen. What is God doing? What is God doing in the waiting? What is God doing in the waiting time? What God is doing in the waiting time is God, God is, is deepening our trust of him. God is deepening our dependence in him. When we're in that waiting time, that time between the unfulfilled desires and the fulfilled desires for the plans that we believe is God's will, in that waiting period, while we're just trying to be faithful, trying to be steady in that waiting period, God is working on our hearts. And he's, he's deepening our, 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 our love for him and our trust in him. And he's working on our character. You know, listen, some of you, you some, not some of us, all of us, all of us, the, thing, the things that God has for us, Scripture tells us our mind can't even comprehend them. But the reality is, is that those things that are in front of us that are God's will for us, that our character needs preparation for that. We need to be prepared for those things. And so if we allow the frustrations of the moment of not seeing what we desire fulfilled, if we allow that to control our thinking and we just don't, and, and, and we stop being faithful and, and doing the things we know we should do, then it's almost like we can slow down that process, short circuit that process in the meantime because God's working on our character he wants to prepare our character to be ready for what it is he's called us to do amen so lord let's let's pray together lord we 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 submit ourselves to you tonight we humble ourselves before you tonight 
Lord, we know that there are plans that you have for us that we know not of. There are things that you have for us to do, Lord, that we have no clue how they're going to happen. Well, there's things that I think about for Living Word Church, plans for this church, ideas that are in my mind and in my heart that I believe are from you. But Lord, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to be fulfilled. I don't know exactly how to connect the dots. Lord, I pray that you would help me in my context, in my life, to be faithful to the call, to be faithful as the pastor of Living Word Church, to love your people, to be faithful to teach your word, and to do what I know you've called me to do. What is your revealed will for my life? To shepherd the flock of God that is among you. And God, all the details, Lord, you'll figure it out. And Lord, the same is true for every other person in here that you have called them to do something specific, Lord. Help them to not worry about the unknown, but just to obey what you put in front of them. Lord, you will connect the dots. You will unfold it according to your plan. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to not be worried, to not be anxious, and to trust you, to trust you with every step. And to believe, Lord, ultimately that all of this is not about us. It's about your glory. It's about your glory, Lord. It's about you being glorified in the earth. God, this is not about us and about our plans. The fulfilling of your will in our life is not so that we would be fulfilled, but it's so that you would be glorified. So that you would be glorified in the earth. So that the world would look at lives that have been redeemed and purchased and transformed. And they would say, wow, how beautiful, how glorious it is, how glorious their God is. There's no God like that God. There's no God like the God that they serve. It's a God that transforms and redeems and restores. And we thank you for that reality and that truth, Lord. And I pray for these precious people here tonight your sons and your daughters. And I pray for them that you would strengthen them and encourage them tonight in the plans that you have for them. May they not grow weary in well-doing. May they not grow weary in well-doing, but, they, but may they pursue after you with all of their heart, not look to the right or to the left and be distracted, but to stay focused on what you place in front of them. Lord, I know, I know that you will unfold every detail. Remind them of that tonight. Remind us all of that tonight, Lord. We thank you for that. We thank you for that, Lord. I'm just gonna I'm gonna obey what I feel like the Lord laid on my heart earlier. And I know that I know that Brother Barry has no idea I was gonna ask him to do this, but can you just pray, Brother Barry? Just pray. Um, just in line with the subject that we just talked about. Just pray, just pray for us. Okay. Thank you, Lord. God. You know, the Lord showed me that, you know, I was thinking about the will of God, and it, God's going to show us through His Word. You know, like, we spend the Word, as we spend time in the Word, the Lord's going to, you're going to see, you're going to, you may read a story, you may read what apostle did, or, or a disciple, or a person, or and, and, and the Holy Ghost is going to say, see yourself. That's you. You know, and, uh, you know, and, and the Lord showed me that this week. He said, see yourself in the Word. See yourself in the Word. I'm going to show you 
You know, I was, pray- I was praying. I was crying out to the Lord a few days ago. I said, God, what is your will? What is your will? You know, what is your will? And, and one of the things he showed me was, I'm going to show you my, my will for your life through the word. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. God's going to show you in his word. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this message. Lord, this is straight from your heart, straight from your throne that you love every person so much. And as Ben said, I, I'm going to just add that your plans are so great for each person. Lord, you didn't shortchange anybody. Lord, every person is valuable to you. And we pray, starting now, you reveal your, your will, your plan to each and every one. And even as Ben pr- prayed, he said he didn't know what the will was. You know, he didn't know. And Lord, many times we don't know, but you're going to show it. You're going to reveal as we seek you, as we seek you with the, your whole heart. And your word says, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, call upon the Lord. He will show you great and mighty things that we, you know not of as we seek the Lord. The Lord's going to show each person things that you know not of. In First um, Corinthians, it says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor have, has not even entered into our heart the things that the Lord has prepared for them that love him. So, Lord, I just pray today, Lord, I pray that's things you want to show us, that's things you want to tell us, Lord, that you're not short, you're not short-circuiting. You have the greatest plans. Lord, our eyes have not seen it. Lord, it's so awesome for each and every individual, every person, every person in this, this building. We thank you, Lord. You have the greatest plans. And I'm gonna say this too. You know, we we not we don't we not to be in competition with each other. You know, I used to think, I used to think this. Boy, if I could only be like this minister, you know, boy, if I could be like this minister. And one day, the Lord said, "You don't have to be like him. You just got to be like you are." And it was such a freedom. You know, I was like, "Wow, I don't have to be. I couldn't anyway." But I just realized, I just got to be me. I just got to be what, what God wants me to be. And uh, it's so good, you know, that, you know, each person's unique. Each person is special to the Lord. You know, everybody, everybody that's in the body of Christ, so special to the Lord. And, and you know, we all don't do the same thing. But wherever you at, you special to the Lord and you could do things that I could never do what Ben does you know I, you know he may not do what I do but each person does what the Lord has purpose and put in your heart so I love what brother Barry said there we only yes
Since you were bold enough to, to say what you said, I'm going to be bold to you too. If, if I ask you to hold somebody's hand next month, would you come and hold somebody's hand and, and, and pray? Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for coming here tonight. Listen, I love what, I love what you said, that God, God answers our prayers. He answers our prayers. And I love what Brother Barry said right there too, that you don't have the grace to be me. And I don't have the grace to be you. We're all, we're all a part of the same body. That's right. Amen. Lord I, Lord, I thank you for these precious people. Lord, I thank you for your calling on all of our lives. God, thank you that you will reveal your will to us as we seek to please you. That's the simple truth. And God, I pray that you bless these people, Lord, as they go home. I pray, Lord, that you would reveal your will to them day by day, step by step. Thank you for this family, for this church. Lord, we want to fulfill your will here at Living Word Church. Direct us and guide us so we can be pleasing to you in everything that we do. Lord, I thank you for Sunday morning coming up. Lord, I pray that you would speak to Pastor Renee's heart. God, lay a word on his heart. Lord, may he not preach anything else other than what this church needs on Sunday morning. Lord, our, our church needs a word from you. Our church needs a word from you about where we are as a congregation. I pray you'd speak that word to Pastor Renee's heart, that he would preach it with boldness and power, and that we would receive it in Jesus' name. Amen.